This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. American Giant does things the hard way, but that's because it's the right way. By choosing to manufacture all of its clothes in the United States, American Giant supports local communities and produces the highest quality goods on the market. Ten years ago, they went against the grain and imagined making a hoodie of unbelievable quality locally. One that would hold up for years and get better with each wear. They did just that, and now they have a full range of durable essentials for men and women, including tees, premium sweaters, cozy sweats, and so much more. The best part? Everything is American-made to the highest standards, supporting hard-working communities, living wages, and safe working conditions. So you can buy your values and fill your closet with long-lasting clothes you can feel great about. Wear your values in the new year, complete with durable essentials at American-Giant.com, and get 20% off with code NY23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com, code NY23. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching Lester Till I Die TV. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. 
Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Good evening fellow Fox fans, welcome along. Um, it's Saturday night, it's not alright for fighting, but it's alright for winning. <laughs> You're watching Leicester Till I Die TV. You're still watching Leicester Till I Die TV, let's try that again. One day I will actually rehearse this and try and get it right, you know. But good evening. Have you got your cocoa? <laughs> it's, God, it's half ten. How are you doing? I should be happy. Put match of the day on record and stop and watch us. Let us have your thoughts on that one. Up to second. We won. <laughs> It is. And if you're watching us, you can watch us on YouTube, on Leicester Till I Die TV, Twitter and Periscope, which is at Leicester TID, or the Facebook group, which is obviously Leicester Till I Die. If you're doing it on Facebook group, either click on the StreamYard link to bring your Facebook name up, or just stick your name at the end so we can give you a call out. And if you want to listen to us afterwards, um, you can catch us on all the major um, podcasts, including Google, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor, to name but a few. Um, Max Pickering, good evening, Max. First comment of the evening, how the devil are you, sir? Happy, I hope. Get in. Whew. Yes, it was a bit of a war of attrition, though, wasn't it? <laughs> but we got over the line. One of those games where uh, winning ugly. I don't think it was uh, the best footballing performance I've ever seen, but three points, we're up to second. Let's see if Brad agrees with me. We'll bring Brad in. Good evening, Brad. Good evening, Chris. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm very happy and pleased with that performance. Another nil-nil, another clean, uh, another nil-nil, another clean sheet. <laughs> nil -nil. <laughs> another, another win, and it was another impressive get a game. I mean, I mm. I threw up on Facebook saying that's probably our hardest win we've had to get all season because that we knew it wasn't going to be easy before kickoff and. In the first half, it could have we could have come in a different scoreline. So to come away with that with a two 0 win, albeit in the last minute it was two 0 but still it was very good. It, I mean, it was never going to be another nine 0 but maybe on another night, had Vardy got his uh, shooting boots on, it could have been nine 0 couldn't it? Yeah, it's not very often you you have that. It, it, it messed my mind up so much that I thought I thought maybe Inacho should come on before he did. <laughs> I thought, bloody hell, Vardy, you keep doing that, you have to get any actual on. <laughs> one second, one second. Hello, is that the men in white coats? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know, this, this is, um, this is, if, you know, if you're thinking that about in actual, this is my thoughts. And uh, uh, we had a look at this just before we came in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you uh, but having said that, he, he he only had a couple of minutes. But 
it was it was an ugly win and sometimes you have to do that and it's nice to see that Leicester we know we know we, we, we play really nice and some I mean I, I joke sometimes it's like watching Brazil but sometimes we put them some really really nice passing performances but tonight we had to roll our sleeves up didn't we yeah, and it was a good side of Leicester to see. You know, you know, every Southampton is going to be a team that questions your credentials. You know, you know, where are you? you know? We've been saying for a good couple of weeks now. Now it's although we're not at the halfway point officially in the season, we're getting towards that point where any points dropped are crucial. Crucial, mm. and um, you know, these are the sort of teams that, while whilst the likes of Southampton and and that are up here. You need to dig out and get them wins if you're going to match your high-end expectations, which I'd, I'd suggest before a ball was even kicked the season, most Leicester fans would have been hoping for another top-five finish and managing Europe a lot better than what we did when we was in the Champions League. And, you know, 18 games in, to be a point off top, you have to bite, you know, that that Barnes second goal, I know, I know the game was probably won anyway just for the fact of where the ball is, but um, you can't... You can't kind of just made me smile a bit. I think I got a bit of emotional when he rolled it in because I think, I don't know if that was nerves escaping my body, but I did raise a smile when he slotted I, it I, I did my normal 85-minute uh, get up and walk around, go to the toilet, have a, have a wee, go and make a brew and see the last five minutes out. I mean, as a game, it, the first half wasn't pretty. We certainly were better in the second half. But we weren't, it was one of those games where, as I say, we, we, we've touched on it that, you know, Vardy had the chances, which he didn't put away. And we know this is Leicester. It comes back and can bite you on the arse. And, OK, I think he was offside, but the guy hit the pose, or the, the bar, sorry. Um, it, it wasn't, like I say, it wasn't an easy win. No, it wasn't. And, you know, we probably had the horseshoe up the rear end at some points. I mean... He came back off the bar and Evans gave away a stonewall penalty if he weren't 20 yards offside. Yeah. I mean, thankfully he was because he, he had no idea he was offside. He, he went for the ball and it sounded yeah. like Casper was telling him to leave it. I, I, I'm not the perfect lip reader, but I think there was a... We got away with a bit of bad communication and, yeah. you know, the first half we probably against some of the play probably took the lead on, on, on the creative forward. I think the best way to sum up Leicester's performance today was it was frustratingly brilliant because they have you in a moment where you th they get you in a bit of a tiz and you think they're going to give the ball away. They're going backwards again. Oh, that pass got cut out. But we yeah. seem to be a team that loses it in areas that we can afford to, if that makes sense. You know, whereas Southampton, we've seen in recent weeks where our goals have come from, like we did in mm. the cup game and this one tonight, when the opponents make the state mistakes, it's deep in their half and we, we punish them for it. We're like jaws circling them <laughs> with a bit of bite. Let's just have a look at yeah. some, some more of the comments. Brookline, good evening, Brookline. You said earlier was a 215 style win. <laughs> Couldn't have probably argued with that. Um, 215? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I think he means 15, 16. We'll, we'll give him that one. Um, <laughs> Rob, 
yeah, should have been four. I'm, to be honest with you, I think it, it should have been should have been more. Um, Ivan, good evening. You're joining us from Sierra Leone, you lucky devil. But it's nice and warm there. It's freezing cold here. Um, O'Brighton should have come off. I'm thinking you mean there off for Perez. O'Brighton, man of the match for me. I think he had a a blinder. Yeah. I said in in the pre-match show. I never thought O'Brighton was going to have a season as good as he's having, and I think he's back there totally on, on merit. Um, Mark Chawner, hi, Chris. Glad to see Barnes get the second. Have to say, hope Vardy's hamstring is OK. O'Brien outstanding. Yeah, it was basically what I was just saying. Defending yeah. and attacking, great win. Um, Brookline again here. Uh, the expectation to finish top five is very English. Let's win it all. Um Gay again, you from Sierra Leone, like we just said. Uh, good evening, Mark. Mark Willoughby, how are you? Devil are you, sir? Joining us on Periscope. Getting you blue boys. We can win this. Just get the balance right. We can do it. Um, apparently, two clubs are playing each other tomorrow. Hmm. Wonder who that might be. If you're watching Sky, I think you can probably guess. Fair play, Leicester. Played really well this evening. Good evening, Rich. Um... <sighs> We're second, and we know we're only second until one, you know, until the result tomorrow. Uh, but let's have a look at the game. Um, worried at the start, Fafana got the early booking, which was probably part of the reason he came off, although he did take a knock. But we needed that goal to settle us, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And, and and it came at a time where I felt that Southampton were probably looking more likely to do it. And I was kind of watching it thinking we need to find a way to either take the pressure um, relentless, you know, and, and kind of nullify Southampton or, or as we ended up doing, going up the other end and, and scoring. And, and the goal was very, it, to, to quote a cliche, it was very Leicester-esque, wasn't it? This uh, Of this season, it was a ball through the split the defence and uh, mm-hmm. it was an absolute lovely fluff of a goal from Madison because on my, on my stream, maybe it was just my stream, but he looked like he tried to hit that across goal and he actually fluffed it in the top corner. I don't know. Maybe maybe when I look back at the replays, it, he meant it, but... Uh, well, I've got to be honest with you, if he meant it, it was, a, it was a bloody good goal. It was a very tight angle. Um well, I'll have to take we'll, your word we'll, for it with my stream. We'll give it to you. I, I can say you, you, you're not going to admit to it being a cross. Let's be <laughs> no. You know. Um, Kurt, good evening, Kurt, on YouTube. How the devil are you, sir? I'll bring it up nice and early. What do you think of Perez's cameo? Was actually fairly impressed until he was greedy and didn't square it to Vardy. I thought that one run he had down the right when he, he, he left two players in his wake... That's the Perez I love to see. Yeah, I've got to agree. It's the one we've been crying out for, and maybe it's the one his confidence has been hiding away from that he's not had to perform in a way like that. He came on, did a sturdy job, didn't weaken or you know the area that he came on, and, and he did a very reliable job. Um, I think maybe when he blasted one over the bar from ten yards out was the reason. Harvey Barnes didn't decide to square it to Iniacho because if one of you is lack on confidence from finishing, I don't think you give it to the other one who's even worse. Um, to be honest but, with you, I think as well, just on that point, I think Iniacho was actually offside. Oh, he probably was. It's Iniacho. Yeah. But yeah. I know Perez has flagged offside, but I think if you look at the replay, that got, if he just scored that and gone to VAR, I think one of the Southampton's defender had a stretching leg in the box 
you might and this is what frustrates me about these goals that you know when they miss sitters like that and then they go oh it was offside they don't check it because I, I know you don't get really chance especially in today's game uh, and tonight's game was no different it was played at a great tempo for, for the majority of the match but it'd have been interesting because had he rolled that in he actually might have been just kept on side um, so I was disappointed that he didn't finish that but apart from that he came on did a job and like you said he he, he made that drop of the shoulder deaf and he just got away from him and and you know he, he did well when he came on yeah. um yeah yeah it, 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 it was a, almost i'll say against the run of the play because that first half i i called it bitty bt called it a chess game the yeah. pitch wasn't the pitch wasn't brilliant looking at it it was the worst i've seen a leicester pitch for a long, long time, it was it was very it was cutting up. Apparently, it was quite sodden, but um, like like I say that that it, it, if if they'd have scored, it, you know, you couldn't have got if we'd have gone in at half time one nil down, you couldn't have argued, could you? No, you couldn't have. And you know, we, you know, what I like to say the game's not one in forty five minutes; it's one over ninety. Mm -hmm. And I think in yeah. the end, on on chances created alone, we got the result we deserved. But you wouldn't have argued if you'd have come in at half time nil nil or one nil down, it, it, in the sense mm -hmm. that um, Southampton looked the more threatening. Although the thing that I hate the most that you're going to bring up soon in this show, the stats would have shown that they only had, to, you know, for how good they looked and and seemed in control of it, Southampton, they only had. Two shots, which were two fine saves from um, Shermichael. And and again, things that I like to point out against stats is we also had two shots. One of them was saved by McCarthy. Was it McCarthy in goal for them? I might have said that yeah. wrong. Yeah, uh, and the other one hit the roof of the net. So, potato, potato, isn't it? It's all about taking the <laughs> chances. And yet again, we didn't when they didn't. How did you know I was going to bring the stats up? <laughs> it's like I know you, mate. It's like I've been on the show before. Yeah, Brookline says on the NBC interview, Madison said his father told him that on a tight angle shot, the best place to aim for is the top of the net. Well, well, it, it wasn't the best true. place to aim for today, wasn't it? You know, um, yeah. it, it it was a foul. I don't know if it came up because I know you, you weren't watching BT. Uh, there was a foul on Dialio just before the goal, um, and there were there were sort of bringing that up but they actually on, on bt they obviously got they've got a ref somewhere in the in the commentary box and they went back and because it was too many phases back they couldn't yeah, include it, it in the run of play yeah and and that sort of things that i'm kind of like to see they're taking from var they're not putting so mm. much pressure on it because obviously we all know var is when it goes against you, it's infamously hated. And when it goes for you, it works. And I think you've still got to keep human error in it. And maybe it was a foul, mm. but there was also an argument that, you know, you could get booked for consistent fouling. And he got booked pretty early on, like Fafana did. And there was probably a few chances where, yes, you could have argued it would have been soft, but he was consistently fouling for a good 10, 15 minutes oh. when we took mm. control of that game. And he could have gone. So what yes. did it balance itself out? It's not the way you want to see it. I know one of my Southampton friends he was not happy at all with it and i can understand it because we we as leicester fans have had moments where we've been on the shoes been on the other foot and we've not got decisions like that go away but again you have to say you know we thought technology was taking over the game and it was getting involved too much well we allowed a bit of human error at some point and 
you know, it is what it is. And unfortunately, it was sensible, like you say. At what point do you call the game back? That's that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. You know? um, is it you know, and and what do you call? Because is it in the in the same phase of play, play or something they call it? Don't they? Yeah. Um, and didn't but, they get the ball back anyway? And then we won it back off them fairly anyway. So I don't I don't get it. If it's not given in that one, then our goal did not come <laughs> purely for that free kick not being given. No, and it it was. A lot of it was it was it wasn't the cleanest of games, was it? There was a lot of fouls going in there, and and there was a, a there was a flurry of yellow cards. Fafana got one, which panicked me really, really early. Yeah, and I think the commentators I was listening to said that the reason Soyuncu probably came on maybe a little bit earlier than Rogers was hoping to give him out. He probably was mm. hoping to only give him sixty minutes on the pitch, but he was. Warming up fairly early as Fafana kind of put his hands up when they got through in the second half at mm. early doors in like the first couple of minutes as if to go, I don't want to make the challenge because if I do, I could come off, you know, and I won't yeah. be subbed, I'll be sent off. And, and you know, and that is, again, that's his age and that's kind of his maturity and experience to know that if he commits to that, you know, mm. like a youngster might do, he could have easily got a second yell and been given his marching orders. And it was, you know, it was just all round brilliant because then you put Sayunchu on who, uh, who had a bit of a, a bit of a good game, and then it was nice to see him get more minutes on the pitch. It was, and like I say, it always worries me when a defender gets booked very early because they've got a long time to go, like you say, without committing a, another foul. Uh, so again, on BT, they did actually check with Rogers, and the, he said it was for a tactical change, which uh, I think is the, you could call it the yellow card change, if you like. I think that, like you, yeah. you made the point there. Yeah, and, may, and maybe the fact that uh, Fafana likes to get a lot more forward than Soyuncu. I know before we had Fafana, you know, the, mm. the last season, uh, Soyuncu was the man that got forward. But he, why he would push up more than Evans, he, you wouldn't see him at the edge of their box trying to, you know, have a have a, have a go or lay one into the box. He, he'd go only so far. And to be fair, I think it was probably a bit of both. I, I, I think he was probably you know, made the change earlier because of the yellow card. But I can see why Brendan maybe tactically made it because he wanted someone. Because they got in a f they got in behind him a few times, you know. He he was caught out. And yes, he recovered and got his positioning back well. But I think when you hold on to a 1-0 lead against a very good side, and and they are a good side, and I think when you, you have two teams that are going at it and trying to do something different this year... You know, in, and by that I mean in comparison to the normal teams being up there, the same boring six sides being yeah. in there. You know, you're going to get a good game like that, which has got a bit of grit in it, got a bit of uh, a few tackles flying in, and it, it was good to see it, it, in in many senses. And it's obviously even better when you win; it's easier to look at it as a good thing. But I think it was a tactical change. I just think the yellow card maybe made it happen a bit earlier. I, I think I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and talking of yellow cards. The one for Bertrand, uh, the Southampton player, when he uh, he did a WWE arm across. Yeah. Um, was it was it Madison? I think on on, on no, the, it was, was throwing, wasn't it? Try to take front now. Now I'd I'd question yeah. that. Why was that not a red card? That's de that's deliberate yeah. handball. It, it's an attempt at a at handball. Now if he if he'd have thrown that and caught his face and it hit his arm, he'd have been off because that's deliberate handball and that's impeding. And he floored him. All right, the contact was a bit theatrical, obviously, you know, but that's footballers today. But yeah. if, if 
if that had been, say, Manchester United and Bruno Fernandes had gone down like he'd have been shot in the, in the stands, Man U players would have been crowding the referee, the referee asking him to check that. And I think it was checked. But do you, can you really get away with that in football? Because he's impeding him deliberately with his arm and his face. Is that not supposed but, to be a harsher punishment? Like we always say... It might have been soft at the beginning it? and you could have argued yeah. it, but yeah. I just felt I just felt maybe the punishment could have been harsh on another day. Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, no, thank you, know. Kurt. It was against uh, Old Brighton. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure who. Uh, at that point, Leicester were well on top, though, weren't we? We, we, we came out in the second half. I know that, that within the first minute, Schmeichel had to make a um, a good save from Smallbone. But after that, we were pretty much in control. And I thought it was going to be one of those games where like, we needed a second to, to kill them off. We were, like we said right at the start, having all the chances. And I thought, this is going to come back and bite us on the bum here. Exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. And it's like I said earlier, I think you could describe Leicester's performances as frustratingly brilliant. And and, and that that's another case in point. Because in the first half, when you might have been sat there watching them, urging them on to get at them a bit, close them down a bit mm. quicker, Leicester seemed to play a, built, a, a slow tempo game. In the sense that they were in the areas to cut out a pass, they weren't too close to get caught out of possession. So you know, if the if the pass goes forward, that they're, they're closer to the play, and they kind of just waited, didn't they? Like I said, they were a bit jaws, a bit like sharks circling the prey. And 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 I made a point to someone uh, that maybe he was playing Stoke and Southampton's game getting postponed because of COVID uh, against Shrewsbury helped us because I think in the last couple of minutes when we got three or four chances and eventually Eden Hazard I mean Harvey Barnes scored to make it 2-0 Eden Hazard yeah (laughs) yeah. well he's 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 in that position isn't he for his goal ratios at the moment but again like I said you just felt that Southampton tired and and, you know Mm. like a wounded animal Leicester struck and you know, got that got that goal in the end and three points. In the first half, one thing I noticed about Southampton when because they I think had the better start than, than Leicester did, that they were closing us down very, very quickly. Oh. We weren't given a lot of time on the ball. They were doing that very, very well. They didn't do that at the start of the second half. In fact, they didn't do it really in the second half at all. No, and again, I know you know I'm not trying to give excuses, but you could see the difference in that last five to seven minutes. If you include the stoppage time, you know about last seven or eight minutes, you could see the difference in having an extended break and and no matches. You know, you can train like to say you can train all you like, but unless you're playing matches, you're not going to keep your match preparation and, and and efforts up. And that's not saying that they didn't put any effort in Southampton, but I felt like. Maybe today Southampton tried to go at Leicester, get in, get in the faces, get the ball over the top, which they did with great success for most of that first half until we scored. But I think maybe they were hoping to get themselves in the lead, get in at half-time level or even better in front, and then maybe we would have seen a different performance from Southampton. You know, and, and the longer that game went on, I think there was only one team that was going to score. And in the end, we did get that second goal. And, and it did look and that way, games. didn't it? Although they said they yeah. didn't have that many shots. They, it's 1-0. You just can't settle at 1-0, yeah. can you? You know, no. that's the thing. Tony said here, uh, Vardy, and this was a point that was made a couple of times on the TV, Vardy's never scored against Southampton at home. 
But then, no, but he scored against we'll him away, count- so I'm happy. Yeah, well, we'll counter that with the fact that Perez has only ever had two hat-tricks in his life, and both of them were against Southampton, one for <laughs> Newcastle, one for Leicester. Um, yeah. We mentioned Albrighton early, and I thought, I thought he's, he had a great match, and I've, I've got to take my hat off to him, um, there you go, because I never thought he was going to have a season like he's had. He's had a really, really, really good season. Uh, Facebook user here has said, not complaining, but wondering why Under isn't playing. I guess don't fix what ain't broken. And I think that's the fact that Albrighton yeah. is keeping him out the side. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all well and good. I know there's a lot of us here, and I know it, it, he's probably more divided opinion because he's not getting the game time. And those, you know, Mark, Mark for us is, is definitely one of them that doesn't really see the hype or rate under, which is perfectly fine. People, you know, we, we, we like him. We've seen things of him that we like and others haven't, and that's totally fine. You know, you know, opinions are like... Uh, Rear ends, as you say, um, everybody's entitled. I got one, and everybody's entitled to one. But like you said, like he said there, it might not be a case of he's not good enough to play. It's just when you're playing well, you you know you're not going to get in there. I mean, are you going to replace anybody on the basis of how they played tonight for for Chelsea in? Is it midweek? Chelsea, yeah, Tuesday actually, yes. Yeah, so Tuesday midweek. Are any of them eleven that started that game going to drop out if they're not injured to 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 replace by the likes of Mendy or Under or Perez or? Yeah, I mean, or anyone else? you know me. I, I I've said this. Um, I am. I I don't agree to any player being dropped because a named player is coming back. Um, mm. And I like under. I've, I've liked what I've seen when he has played. Uh, he, he, he's set up a couple of goals. Uh, he, he's quite lively. But it means dropping somebody from a winning side. And you can't do that. And I think what I like about Brendan is that he doesn't do that. He does stick with the players that are winning. Yes, obviously, if we if, when we're back in Europe, that might be a bit different because we've got games you know, every few days. And Fafana, Vardy both look like they've got little niggles. So Tuesday might be a bit early for them. Who knows? But yeah, as much as I like London, I say I never thought All Brighton was going to have... The, it's, it's the season of the uh, the oldies, isn't it? With Fuchs playing yeah. as much as he did yeah. and, and All Brighton. I mean, uh, get your boots out, Brad. <laughs> yeah, I might have a chance. Yeah, but uh, no. So I, th- I think that that that's why, to be honest with you, with the answer to that. Um, yeah. Brookline here prediction formula: when Leicester play beautiful in the first twenty minutes, we lose. When Leicester play mediocre in the first twenty minutes, we win. Would you agree See, with that? Genius tactics. We lure us, lure our opponents into a false sense of security. But again, yeah. I mean, going back to that Perez point to to, to make why doesn't under come on or, or why doesn't he get on. I think a few seasons ago, you'd have been too tempted to throw Ricardo on just to give him time on the pitch. And, yeah. you know, I think with everything that's gone on this season, you know, we've been forced to use our, our our entire squad. Quite literally this season, we've been forced to use our entire squad. And they've impressed when they've come on. And, and you know, and it's a point that's been over the last couple of weeks. And again, tonight's performance, you you, you turn around and say, why isn't Under getting in? Well, it's because Albrighton's playing well. Why didn't Ricardo at least get five ten minutes? Because are you really going to take Castagne and Justin off after the way they played tonight? Because again, I thought they were exceptional 
uh, to a T. Again, there wasn't many players that didn't have a good game. There was, you know, wasn't anyone I could think of that had a bad game. So it, Tony it's, it's not just there; it's all over. Yeah, Tony said here he thinks Fuentes will start Tuesday. Quite possibly, Fafana he's played <laughs> virtually, I think, almost every single game that I can think of. And Tuesday, if he if he did, he had obviously that 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 pull, and he that might be the back of the mind. So so, but Schoens, it was good to see him come back on, and he he, he was like the old Soinshu. It was like he'd never been away. Yeah. I think in the first, I think one of the first thing he did was make a killer block, and I just went, "Cags, yeah. good to see you back." And it was nice because yeah. sometimes, like like um, the commentator said, expect because they were expecting Ricardo to maybe come on. Um, yeah. I was I was actually surprised. Uh, I thought if anyone was going to come off on that wide side, maybe because a lot of Leicester fans are saying if you're going to fit Ricardo into this team, something we never thought we'd say, where are we going to play Ricardo? A lot of people are suggesting that if he's going to come on, it it would have been maybe for Brighton. And when he didn't, you may be thinking, well, maybe he's just not looks that level. Maybe we'll see Ricardo come on for all Brighton because the biggest question you're going to stamp on all Brighton, Mister Consistent. And I've got to say it, I, I, you know, Mr. Consistent as he is, is can he play tonight and Tuesday yeah. against a, a side yeah. like Chelsea? Do we yeah. just want that extra bit of pace or is that a game that, do you, you know, it raises a good headache for Brendan because you then got yeah. the question of, do you go for pace and a bit more about it in Ricardo, or do you say, I don't really want Ricardo making his debut return after a lengthy time off against a side like Chelsea? He will get stuck only, into him. My only worry played. is the Castagna looked like he'd, he'd um, pulled something as well. Um, mm. I, I thought Ricardo was going to come on just to give Castagna a rest because the fact that Castagna is still on his way back, if you like, but he didn't. Castagna played out the game. We might see. We might see. For me, and I appreciate. And I, I see your point totally, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Ricardo on Tuesday if Castagna mm. has sort of, you know, they tweaked something as they as they like to say. Yeah. But the thing is, what all this shows, and it was something that the BT commentators were alluding to an awful lot, is the fact that we've got an amazing depth of squad at the moment. And I yeah. made this point, I made this point in the pre-match with Josh, and I'm just going to bring the team up here. But if you look at that bench there, Ward is an international, Soyuncu, Amati, Ricardo, Thomas Mendy, under Perez, Inacho. I mean, <laughs> let, let's forget Inacho, but let, mm. in all seriousness, any of those you would put on and not worry about them, would you? I, I tell you what, I mean, even I'd go as far as say Danny Ward because I think he's been ever reliable when he's played in goal for us at, at levels. I know he's had a few quirky moments in the courts, but what keeper hasn't? Yeah. You look at that bench, and you know, all, all jokes aside, maybe for his confidence, if you put, I, I've always said Iniacho needs a second striker so he can hide, either hide behind him or do better than what he's been doing. Uh, either way, he'd just be an improvement of what he does on his own up front. But you look at that bench, and I nearly said it myself tonight that. Uh, you could have put that bench in the start. You could have put most of that bench on the starting pitch and you wouldn't have complained about it. You know, had you said, oh, we want to use Evans and rest him, you know, and, 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 and let him be fully fit and ready for Chelsea. And Marty comes in and, you know, under or Perez, 
maybe been on that right side and not all bright in, you, you wouldn't have argued too much of it. That You know, I said at the start of the season, I know it was something that we brought up because of, you know, and it was easier to say it because of the start we had and obviously continuing to have. But there was just, you know, sometimes it's not about the amount of players you have. It's it's about the quality, not the quantity, isn't it? And yeah. I think we're a prime example this season. That sometimes you don't have to spend £75 million on your players like a certain Manchester club to uh, get the best players out there. And it's just yeah. good. It's good. It's good for the club to see as well. It, it is. It is. Even Luke, Luke Thomas on the bench there, you wouldn't worry if he came on. You know, he's, yeah. he's got a Europa League goal to his name, you know. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, he does. We'll, 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 get, we'll get this out of the way now because, like you say, we, we, we do disagree on this. But 16 shots we've had today. We're forgetting the possession because, at the end of the day, possession means nothing. The, the, the main fact, obviously, is that the fact that we got two goals, they got none. Um, they had eight shots with three on target. We had 16, we had five on target. It does pretty much, in fairness, sum up the game because, like we said right at the start, Vardy could have had a hat-trick today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, 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 yeah. and Southampton could have had a couple of goals on another mm. night. Yes, yeah. But uh, uh, let's have a look at the table because it does make it does make nice reading. I mean, I know it's only until tomorrow, um, unless Might obviously Man United win or Man United draw, and then that'll keep Liverpool um, obviously be, behind us. But you know, eighteen games, nearly halfway through the season, second in the league, thirty-five. It's still tight at the top. You know, going going right down to uh, Everton. You know, we could drop technically down to fifth when everybody's played all the games, but it's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's nice to you know. Obviously, you've still got to worry about a few sides down there, but if you if you look at it in let's say best case scenario from what we can see in that in that uh, oh, we know who they are. Um, yes. Come back in, to them. <laughs> yeah, in the contents of it, yes, Man City have two games in hand. Yes, Man City, um, Liverpool are playing Manchester United, and and Everton might win their game, and and, and that bring them level points. But if you said to me, eighteen games into the season, Brad, you, the worst case scenario is you're going to be four points off top. You, I'd snap your hand off because I'd be saying, well. We're, you know, we're a few points ahead of Spurs. We've got a bit of breathing space between us and Chelsea and Southampton now. And obviously, we've got Chelsea on a Tuesday. But until that game's played, you know, we've got a bit of a gap. But we're starting to bridge a bit of a gap between teams. And we're in that mix still. And as long as you're in the mix, you, the, the, the cliche that football is a funny old game rings true. Because if Manchester United, you know, and Liverpool play out a draw and... Man City win both their games in hand, which isn't an easy feat because I, I they haven't got easy opponents to, to, to play, to my knowledge, in in recent years to, to, for how they do against them. Um, you know, to, to say the worst, second worst case after that is Man City win their games in hand and and you're three points behind top is is even better. To the fact that we're second in the league and and as it stands, a point behind top. It's over to them. Yeah, that's all we can do. It's all any team in our position, Tottenham, Southampton, and Everton, Leicester, all, all they can do is put the pressure on. It's always better to have the points on the board than the games in yeah. hand. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I've just I'll just bring this back up. I've just invited him in. I don't know. Guy, um, oh, that was the wrong one. Um, it could get interesting, Mark. I've read his comment could, there. Mark, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Because, but Match Day Vlogs is the Southampton, um, our, our equivalent of Southampton, the uh, Southampton vlog uh, on YouTube and Twitter. And Brad uh, did a guest uh, point with them uh, midweek uh, in their opposition, according to the opposition view. Fair result. I mean, thanks, mate. Uh, it, it's um, uh, nice of you to say so. We've, we've invited them on. We'll see if they come on. I'm not sure whether they'll be able to because they've got their own shows to do. But uh, quickly saying, Tillemans, two assists today. Yeah, yeah. Tillemans. Um... Sometimes his passing puts my heart in my mouth, but I can forgive him when he, he, he's, he he's getting better with each game. And, you know, when he came from Monaco on loan and, 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 and again, when he was a permanent sign-in, you know, he came out all guns blazing and he was running around and he was, he, he looks, you know, he, he looked like a brilliant buy. And then at the end of last season, I know no one covered themselves in glory in the last like 10, 15 games of the season, but we noticed a lot of drop-off and, you started to maybe fear just a little bit that that was the signs of what Monaco had said about him, that sometimes he's there and sometimes not. But this season, you know, to steal the phrase of um, Albright, he, he's been rather consistent and he, he does look good. And mm. he's, he's, he's two assists tonight, a testament to what we've been asking for the last three or four seasons from our midfield. They need to do more in an attacking sense. They're doing a good job building it. They need mm. to provide them assists and get the goals. They need to work on the shooting ability from the edge of the box, but they're getting the assists, and that's what matters. If they're supplying the chances, you can't ask too much more of them. No. Let's just have a look. Uh, I think he might be joining us, actually. Uh, he's just said two minutes, but let's quickly, before he does, let's have a look at Alan Bennett, who does my match um, statistics. Very, very... And I have to say this all the time, is that he doesn't get a chance to have a think about it. I literally, the final whistle goes, and I ask him what they are sort of within a couple of minutes. So he has to make some quick decisions. Man of the match, all Brighton. I can't argue. I think he was BT's man of the match as well. Great game. And did some good defending today. He, you know, he, he, he was at the back there helping out. Manager and team eight. I think, again, I think he's probably got it spot on today. Yeah, I think I think he has. I think um, like Brooklyn or Brookline, or sorry if we've both pronounced that wrong, said he kind of was like 2015-esque and it was the All-Brighton of that. He was very good and reliable defensive. And every time you maybe questioned him not having enough uh, in, in the tank to go forward and, and maybe see out the full game, he, 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 he just kept providing something going forward. Um mm. I think if he was going to give a mention for a, a second close contender in my eyes was Wilfred and Didi because that lad is just different class. He nicked the ball and he unlocked so many opportunities for us to go forward yet again. And again, something that we kind of knock on the door and talk about here on this channel a lot is yet again, we failed to score from a corner. But we're getting a lot more consistent at getting them and not conceding from corners either. And he's always there or thereabouts. Funny you should mention that because um, Josh, uh, who does the pre-match show, says every week this is the this is the game we're going to score from a corner. 
and he made a point of saying it today and he's wrong but look let me bring mike in um at, at match day vlogs now this, this is the southampton uh fan good evening boys how are you i'm doing okay i'm doing okay um a little bit deflated a little bit deflated yeah. if i'm honest I, th I think it was a fair result in the end um i've just been listening to your your show stuck some comments in and uh con yeah. congratulations and all of that but uh but i think we we really lacked lacked the killer edge um i i think it, like i said in, the, in our preview show um brad thanks for joining us yeah. on that by the way um we haven't been scoring loads of goals recently and and i think that's been a been a problem for us we had a couple of goalless draws against fulham and also west ham where we just couldn't quite get the goal we needed to to nick the win and also the win that we had against Liverpool. It's not like we scored, uh, not like we caused too many problems after that that Danny Ings initial goal after the set piece very early on. So I was a little bit concerned, especially with so many of our players out injured. Um, the surprise for us was the amount of players that we had out injured on our on our midfield. So um, to not have Romeo back was a big loss. Um, and to also have uh, the likes of Smallbone starting out on the wing kind of set us a little bit on edge and i'm not sure if you had a look on the sky sports apps but it actually had some of our substitutes as um as uh, as unknown as listed as unknown so um so there we go yeah have i just taken over the show i can only see yeah, myself just, but no no, I, that's, no. Uh, that's that's me just giving you the line oh look at that I, I had the floor yeah. wow yeah. Yeah. Like he, does that to me. he does that to me I so way back. doesn't give me any notes just lets me go off it <laughs> you just wanted to look <laughs> at my green screen didn't you that's what it was <laughs> yeah i gave you the floor and you stopped talking i mean you know, <laughs> i was say i mean you said some very nice things there mike and thank you for that but you used the word deflated i mean <sighs> You have you had the chances, didn't you? Uh, would you have, you know, are you disappointed in the result? I think if you'd asked me, the thing that deflated me was the second goal, because the goal that you scored. I mean, you you could argue that there was a, a little bit of a foul on Diallo on the bit on the build up to that goal. It was soft, I'll give you that. But you, you see them given against uh, bigger name clubs. Um, but the goal you scored was very good. It was a great goal, uh, and I think that the finish by it was by Madison, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Madison scored. Yeah, great finish. Yeah. And, and I think to to lose that game one nil, yeah, it's all right. You feel all right. You move on. You move on to the next contest. It's not like you've had loads of chances to to win the game yourself. So I think we would have taken that. But then to just concede in the what is effectively the last kick of the game, it just felt like a bit of a oh, you know. So yeah. it is what it is. I think, Brad, we, we said right at the start, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, that, you know, Vard, on another day, Vardy could have had uh, two or three. So it could have, it could have actually been, been, been worse. And what surprised me was in that first half, and I mentioned this to you before, didn't I, Brad, is that you were doing a very good job of closing us down. You weren't giving us any space. You weren't giving us any time. And you seemed to stop doing that in the second half. Yeah, that's also a game you were playing quite well as well because I think the the closing down from both sides was was very very good. Um, uh, yeah, in in second half performances we we tend to do that, especially in like the um, sorry, I got matched today playing and replaying the backgrounds just showing the goals. It's a bit depressing, <laughs> isn't it? Um, 
but yeah, we, we tend to sort of put, take our foot off the gas in the, in the second half. We did it against Wolves. We capitulated against Man United, although that Man United side were very, very good in that second half. I mean, yeah, we were destroyed in that one. But we were kind of anticipating that we'd we'd drop off in the second half. A lot of the people in our chat section were saying, "Oh, not not feeling good about the second half. We concede early again. It's it's going to be a, a difficult thing to watch." But but yeah, I mean, you, you say that Vardy could have had two or three. I mean, I, I thought from I'd be interested to know what you thought about the link up play from Leicester because I thought Lardy was sorry, Lardy Vardy was thrown under a bus on a few occasions because there seemed to be some wayward passes from from Barnes or and where the pass was sort of about two or three yards behind him. So, yeah, I mean, just seemed on, a bit... Awkward, I'll, let you, I'll let you answer that. I think, I think the best way to sum it up is obviously, because like I said on your preview show, I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go on anyone's show and say, oh, your team does this, that, that. And I don't watch you every week. You guys will know better. And I think if you see, see it over a, a period of the season, it's usually telepathic, but but every game they do seem to have a tendency to not quite be on that wavelength. It's under hit, it's over hit. I mean, there was a. I think it was was it? Um, I can't remember who it was, but they they could have played Vardy through, and they put it way too out left mm. for him, and he had too much to do. And then your defense had the chance to get back, mm. and I think your defense played uh, our attack very well. And to quote what Chris said about one of the commentators, but for most of that game. It was like a game of chess. It was very much you move there and do that, or we'll block it with this. And I think you, I, I said you was the hardest team to get three points off. But I, I'd like to ask you guys this, and maybe you, your fans put this in the comments. I don't know. Do you feel that us playing in the cup in that midweek and you guys not being able to play because of obviously COVID and Shrewsbury and not having an extra match to keep your players on the toes? Did you think that maybe affect you in them final minutes when it was still 1-0 and, and you still had a chance to nick a point? Or do you just think it's just... Because you've made the point that it's it seems to be typical of Ralph to kind of take the foot off the gas in a strange way in the second half. Yeah. I, I don't think we, we, we missed anything from not having a midweek game. I mean, our squad depth is ridiculously shallow at the moment. And yeah. when you combine that with all the injuries we've got, it just it's just horrible because you, you've got... These under twenty threes, under eighteens, under elevens coming into the, the first team squad sitting on the bench. See you, lady. It, it is it's crazy. Yeah, it's literally as bad as that. So, I I don't think that the fact that we didn't have a an extra game to keep us uh, match fit or keep us up to speed really really took anything away from it. But we, we can sympathise with that, can't we, Brad? Because we we were like that at the start of the season with with injuries and uh, yeah. You know, we we had our tea lady turn out right. a couple of times, but Phil, I mean, Phil Fox was on the bench one game. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, well, what might you've got still to be playing? I mean, like you say, with the squad that you've got there, and the fact that you had got so many youngsters coming on, and the, the, it was it was uh, the comment was made a few times that it was you know half your substitutes had they come on would have been making like the first appearance for the club. Yep. But where you are, even taking that into account, is good for you, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think if you took into account our, our weekly wage bill in terms of where we are, I mean, it, it's madness. When you when you compare the, the likes, I mean, even even players that, that play the likes of Everton are on three times a week what, what we pay our players on. So it's, it's yeah. incredibly shallow, shallow what we do. Um, I'd also like to see us play 
more of our academy players in the positions they're su- supposed to be. I love the fact that we're playing Walker up front, but that's not his position. He plays out on the right wing. He plays out very well, but he tends to be, I mean, okay, he scored a, scored a goal against Wolves and he's also scored against uh, Arsenal in that position. Um, but I just, I just would much rather see one of the youth players playing up front with Shadams or playing up front with Danny Ings when he's fit and, and, you know, actually playing those designated positions there. And then you can actually get a bit more of the potential out of them because when you're just sort of moving players around the pitch, it just it just doesn't quite work. I mean, last season we had James Ward-Prowse playing in a right-back position when we had injury issues and all that kind of stuff. So it's stuff like that. So, yeah, just like to see an improvement there, really. Book, Bookline was asking, I brought it up earlier, I'll just bring it up now, again, what happened to Walcott? He was everywhere early. Uh, was it Sernshow coming on? He did, he did seem to go a bit quiet. Again, Again, it, it was a, one of those almost game of two halves, but it was quite noticeable in the second half. Yeah, I, I think it's just that, that quality in the final third. Um, because if, if you look at the likes of Danny Ings, he can do incredible things with the strayest of balls out wide or he'll he'll turn something that's a slight opportunity into a goal scoring opportunity and that's something that Theo Walker doesn't quite have you know he's got the pace to to take it out wide and, and get some space for himself but then that requires a decent through ball from one of the creative midfielders so that's yeah I mean Walker's been great for us I mean every single Southampton fan is absolutely loving the fact that he's returned to Southampton but the fact of the matter is, he wouldn't be at Southampton had he not been having half his wages paid by Everton Football Club. That's the sad reality of it. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the fact that it's a subsidised player. And I would have loved to see Theo Walcott come straight from from Arsenal to Southampton when he when he left Arsenal. But the wages was it was never going to work. You know, you're talking about 150k a week. He's never going to get that at Southampton. So. It's a hard thing, and it's why the Premier League is broken and it needs to be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah, much bigger subject than today's game. Yeah. I'm going to ask you both this because it came up. We do on a Wednesday uh, a transfer special every week um, with, uh, with, with Mark. And one of the players that he would have liked to see us sign, uh, actually Shane Long. Really? Yes, um, <laughs> I've got I've got a shaking yeah. head there from from that now. Me because I couldn't. He said, "I have a guess who I'm thinking of," and I, I couldn't have guessed that he'd go for Shane Long. Yeah. But <laughs> Let, let's go. Let's go to Brad first. You're shaking your head. I mean, it was interesting when he came on. I wanted to sort of see, but he didn't sort of. He had he had a, an effort quite early on after coming on, but after that, not your sort of player. No, it's just not my cup of tea, does it? You know, because I don't drink tea, more point. But uh, still, um, for me, I think, I mean, you can shoot me down if I'm wrong here, but we we go on about the fact that we don't have a a secondary prolific goal scorer. I won't mention his name because it's like Voldemort to Chris to mention his name. But did you feel tonight that, I, I know he's got a couple of goals recently, but I've heard a lot of Southampton fans be frustrated with Che, che Adams. Um, and Shane Long's just not my sort of player. I think Leicester. I don't. He, he doesn't seem prolific enough. He doesn't seem. He just. He'd, he'd only offer us what we've already got, and that's a bloke that doesn't score a lot. When he. When he. You know. And he's old, isn't he? Shane Long, and that's no disrespect to him. I'm not saying he can't do it. I mean, 
Vardy's prime example, you can still do it at any age. But if we're looking to get a secondary striker and I want it someone with a bit of legs on him and a bit more youth than that, it's no disrespect to him. I'm sure he does a job and he battles hard and he's good enough for uh, for anyone else. But for me, he just doesn't fit that Leicester mould. But mm. I think tonight, would you say that you kind of saw without Danny Ings, you missed that firepower, whereas Leicester with Harvey Barnes, who I believe is in double figures for his season, maybe gives Leicester that fallback if Vardy's not on fire like he wasn't tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I think you. It, it's fair comment on Shane Long. Uh, I think he, he, you know, he serves a purpose. I mean, he's uh, the fastest ever Premier League goal scorer. So he's got that yeah. that record. So uh, that that's great for him. But but really, I mean, I don't see Shane Long going on to another Premier League football club. And there's no disrespect to Shane Long. I just think it'd be great to see him finish his career at Southampton and. You know, Shane Long went on a, a massive goal drought. I mean, it was some some ridiculous length of time without scoring a goal. Um, I think he scored past us when he ended that as well. Yeah, well, yeah, might, might be the case. But, you know, it's I, I don't really... I mean, I'd be very surprised if another Premier League football club came in came in for Shane Long. Um, but you mentioned there about Shea Adams. I mean, Shea Adams went a large part of last season without scoring a goal. You know, he joined the club from... Uh, from Birmingham, and, and uh, his uh, his uh, press thing that he was saying to, to to the Southampton press was like, "I'm looking forward to winning the league with Southampton." And we were like, "What? Sorry, you know that's a that's a bold statement." Yeah, um, that's a hell of a statement. A, a heck of it. Well, even Southampton fans were like, "Oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah, go for it. Uh, see, achieve, believe, and all that." Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and then he scored that goal from pretty much halfway line against Manchester City, and. Uh, after the lockdown period, uh, well, after the first lockdown, and we he had to return to football, and then suddenly it just clicked for him. He, he suddenly had the confidence there, and he'd scored a couple of goals against Sheffield United, and he and he's, he's scoring him. In. But he was always close to getting those goals. It was just a case of it was it was going to happen. So, um, but yeah, but going back to Shane Long, I'd be very surprised if if you you boys were ended uh, picking them up for us. I mean, if you want to give us fifty million quid. Go for it, um, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll cut sides, but I, I don't. I don't see it happening. Would you? Would you do a swap in Acho for Shane Long? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh come on, come on, Brad. I mean, I'm not, no, can't the Tamari Gray. There you go. Fair deal. We talked about Tamari Gray. Yeah, that was that was the one that we were talking about, wasn't it? But um, but yeah. you never know. It yeah, might be one of those those youth players. I mean, I mean, we had Jan Valerie feature again tonight in the in in the in the side. Again, playing. I mean, we're used to seeing Jan Valerie in a right back position. Loads of people in my chat section were saying about what happened to Jan Valerie. He was going to be this massive, promising talent. He scored that worldy goal against Man United last season uh, or the season before, and it just disappeared. But but really, it's another story of a youth player not having good discipline, not sticking to training routines, and mm. just sort of going missing in in, in the lineup. So. Um, so you never know. It, it, you could have a Ralph and Hassan who will turn around anyone. So maybe it's a good swap. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, yeah. Thanks very much for joining. If we've got to be careful, otherwise this is going to be called, this is going to be the Sunday morning show if we're not getting yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Forgetting how late it was. I've uh, I need my beauty sleep, I tell you. No worries. <laughs> More than you two, I tell you. But, <laughs> right, thanks very much, mate. Uh, thanks for My coming pleasure. on, being honest, and, and taking it on the chin. No um, yeah, I'd say yeah. good luck for the rest of the season. Yep, yeah. Well, until we play until at your we place. Meet. Until oh, we until meet we again. Play. 
Yeah, and you know what? That'll be that'll be hopefully the day that we can then stop talking about that result because we would have oh, gone. Oh no, 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 no! Sorry. <laughs> can, you know, can, I really struggle well, today. I can... went a long time on your show not mentioning it. I've gone fifty-seven minutes nearly before eleven I minutes on our so. show. Yeah, I, 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 mentioned it, I mentioned it right at the start. In fairness, <laughs> I actually when I did the opposition view with my mate George last night, and uh, I, I made the joke about the fact that that Brad had gone 11 minutes when I said, I'm not going to do that. Let's mention it now and get it out of the way. Nine nil. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to be that. It's, it's, I mean, BT never stopped mentioning it for about the first 10, 15 oh, minutes. We know it. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. We never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> so no Southampton fan ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounded like a case of gritted teeth then. It really did. <laughs> But Mike, thanks very much for joining us, mate. And uh, like I say, all the best for the rest of the season and, and, until we play you again. All right, then. See you later, boys. Oh, yeah, Take care, mate. Thanks to uh, thanks to Mike for for joining us there. Very very quickly, and Max, thanks very much for that. Good show, boys. Thank you, mate. Um, somebody asking there: Are you Lee Chappie? I don't know whether I think that's more you than me. I think, but I think that might be someone's mark of his his uh, facial look about yeah. it. I don't know. I tell you what, because Brad actually looks after the Instagram for me, and I've I've noticed there was two messages. I don't know if you ever checked the messages on there. The same woman sent me a message or, or was a message on Instagram saying, "Are you James Madison?" And then yeah. I didn't reply to that. And then a week later, are you Jamie Vardy? And I'm just going to wait and see if she goes through the whole whole team. Very, very quickly, because it is very late, and I appreciate, like I say, we, we're going to be doing the, the, the Sunday morning show. I did say I would come back to this point um, before uh, we got um, Mike from the Saints uh, blog match day vlogs in there. And if you if you want to see how uh, Saints are doing, give, give, it, give him a copy. Um, this was it. Mark said this. Uh, give him a copy. Give him a, a follow. Um, Mark, if we strengthen the transfer window, it could get very interesting. I was very critical of the fact that we didn't sign anybody other than Ryan Bennett last year, who I think got the stigma of the fact that he was the only signing. I don't think he was probably as bad as as, as we seem to sort of make. No, he was. No, no, he was. We, 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 uh, there isn't a Leicester fan I speak to that does not wish we hadn't assigned Ryan Bennett on loan. He was awful. After oh God, Cags got sent off against yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah. We had to put in the back four. But anyway, the the, the point of what I'm trying to make here, and I, I do know what you mean. Um, I was very critical of the fact that he was the only signing. Mm. Yes, we need a striker. We, 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 we will probably all agree on that. If we buy anybody else in any other position, who would you drop to accommodate anybody else? Well, that's the thing. You keep talking about it and saying we're probably not going to drop anyone on current form at the moment. And the way the way the, 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 the backup to them positions is going, maybe I'd like to see us bring in someone who can get on that left in case Barnes picks up an injury. I know Albrighton can do a job, and he's probably the instant person you, you put out there, but if Albrighton's nailing down a position on the right, you're going to want him there instead of instead of some, maybe someone with less experience on the left. Um, 
I'd maybe just add to the depth a bit, maybe bring in some youth uh, up, up through the rankings. I don't, I wouldn't be too displeased if we don't do any business apart from yeah. our outgoings uh, in, yeah. in January. And the thing is, you're battling inflated prices. You're not going to get a top quality player that you want to bring in when there's, you know, you're not going to turn around to, oh, I don't know, for for hilarities and, and, and over the top hypothetical state, you're not going to turn around to Manchester City and go, you know, you've ripped us off with Ian Acho. Uh, can we pay you 50 million and get Gabriel Jesus because he's sitting on your bench not playing? They're, they're mm-hmm. going to turn around and say, well, it's 100 million because he's halfway for our season. We need him if Aguero is yeah. not playing or we need him in the game. You're not going to get him on the price you're going to pay. And to replace someone and say you're spending money on a first team player. You're going to be paying double the price in in a month. I'd rather us not do any business and maybe bring in loan cover for the six months. I don't know. No, don't rate Zaha anymore. Used to, I would agree with you a few years ago, but yeah. now his effort is only there when he's, the windows open, like a certain other, like a certain French Pogba. Oh, sorry, I said the name. I wasn't supposed to reveal that. <laughs> but it, it, like I say, I can't believe I'm saying it. But yeah, apart from the striker. And we, we all agree on that. I just said, just I would be surprised if, if if anybody came in, to be honest with you. And that's the kind of feelings that seem to be coming out of, out of Filbert way, to be honest with you. Brad, I could say it's, it's half 11. I'm going to turn yeah. into a pumpkin. Probably looking at me, you probably think I already have done. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> well, I thought I would before you did. <laughs> but yeah. thanks for joining us as always. Great insight, great, uh, great comments. Thanks very much, mate. And I will see you on Tuesday evening, which will be another late one. Yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. And and uh, I know we didn't get a chance to say it, but guys, check out the Match Day vlog- vlogs on Twitter. They do. It was a great show to be a part of. I enjoyed it. It was great discussion. So do check them out. And yeah, I will see you all Tuesday. It's, it's uh, hopefully for another three points. See you next Tuesday, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> see you later, guys. Thanks a lot, Brad. Take care, mate. Stay safe. And you take care. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, we are at the point of um, turning into pumpkins and um, we are going to have to end it there. We will be back. Whew, I can't believe they were again Tuesday. It's like even earlier than when we were in Europe. I'm going to be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock when I will be doing an earlier than normal, obviously, opposition view show when I'll be joined by a Chelsea fan and we will uh, be talking the game on Tuesday. Monday night at 7, it will be um, the preview show with um, with Craig and then Tuesday, the pre-match with Josh and the post-match again with uh, with Bradley there. So thanks very much for joining us. Have a really good evening, uh, what is left of it, and a good weekend. And remember, above anything else, please, please, please stay safe. And I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 with the Opposition View. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye now. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.